0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on nine hundred CHML. All right, um, you know we've heard lots of chatter in regard to and uh, this in, in regard to COVID nineteen and and China and China's uh, influence over Canada and such uh, and a microbiology lab that is in Winnipeg and uh, the drama continues to swirl in and around this case uh, in which two. Uh, scientists, um, Chinese scientists were fired, and information is trying to be sought in order to find out exactly what all the details are of this story, and uh, and now um, and obviously people have been trying to get information and such in order to uh, to find out more, and now if and, and this is out of uh, the Globe and Mail now a federal attempt to shield documents related to the firing of. To scientists is a violation of parliamentary privilege and must be tossed out of court, says House of Commons Speaker Anthony Rhoda. Uh, in a motion uh, in, in a notice of motion filed uh, yesterday in federal court, uh, Rhoda said the House, by virtue of its parliamentary privileges, has the power to send for the person's papers and records it deems necessary uh, to its functions. This constitutionality and power is fundamental to our system of parliamentary democracy and to Parliament's critical role in acting as the grand inquest of the nation and in holding the executive branch of government to account. So uh, obviously uh, the government trying really really hard to keep these records uh, under wraps for some reason. Uh, To talk more about all of this, Gordon Holden is with us, Director of the China Institute, Professor of Political Science, University of Alberta, and is with us now. Gordon, thanks for the time. Hope you're well.
1: I am well, Scott. Thank you.
0: What is the significance, not only of this motion to try to get this material, but of this case in itself? Uh, give us more of the backstory here. What happened?
1: Sure. Well, I'm not a parliamentary expert, but uh, uh, the there's elements within elements within elements. It's a, a complex story. At, at first glance, you have two scientists uh, who have been working for a long time in uh, in Winnipeg. One, receiver senior of the Governor General's Award, a highly acknowledged as experts in their field of, of virology. Uh, but there were things going on which eventually drew the attention of the public health agency itself and then eventually of the RCMP who investigated why were there such close and not perhaps properly supervised contacts with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and in particular why were certain um, pathogens related to Ebola and uh, HEPA virus transmitted or given to the Chinese side without proper authorities. It would appear. I say it would appear because I'm not privy to, um, nor as Parliament as yet, all of the details of this case. Uh, And therein lies the problem. Now, it's quite possible that what was happening was these two scientists were simply doing professional exchange work with the uh, Wuhan Institute. Lots of medical collaboration goes on any given day between China and Western Western countries. But the problems seem a bit deeper than that. For one, a couple of the scientists who had come to the lab at the invitation of, of these two scientists were PLA members, People's Liberation Army members of their medical research institute. And, of course, medical research into for, for military probably means, may mean bioweaponry uh, which is not something where we ought to be collaborating. But there's, it's like an onion. There are layers and layers here. And then, of course, there's the political theater, the political drama of how are these documents that have uh, been produced, perhaps some even coming from foreign countries and some from CSIS, presumably, and some from the RCMP. How can they be consulted by parliament? That is a complicated question, because if they're going to be released in some fashion, let's say leaked by members of Parliament, uh, or not remain confidential, uh, you can guarantee the United States will be a lot less giving in terms of intelligence. There are some legitimate concerns here. On the other hand, I understand Parliament Supreme ought to have the right to investigate. The government has offered to have these documents made available to members of the Security Intelligence Committee of, of Parliament, which is... Uh, which includes members of various parties, uh, that's not acceptable to the Conservative Party. And so you had this resolution passed, um, supported by the Conservatives, the NDP, and the Bloc, I believe, um, arguing for the release of the materials to Parliament. How they to be safeguarded, these are issues. So it's very complex, but it doesn't quite smell right. Uh,
0: are, do the security concerns outweigh the lack of transparency here?
1: Well, so that's a tough question and um, that's, I guess, my my favorite method to answer that question would be to allow trusted members of, of parties, that is trusted, vetted by CSIS and with the support of their leaders, party leaders, to have a look at them and see. But I do know from my experience in government, if you play fast and loose with U.S. intelligence, releasing it after it's been shared, the supply tends to dry up. So there's legitimate concerns on both sides. I am happiest when these things are being decided on the basis of policy and less happy when it's politics. So if this is focused on the necessary investigation of how this all came to be and what it involved, that's fine. If it's going to be used as a political weapon, I'm not so keen because intelligence, that's really an abuse of intelligence and that, uh, given that we are net consumers of intelligence in the United States and other countries. What we give back is far less. We need to keep an eye on that concern as well.
0: Uh, is the U.S. or other countries concerned about this story and these two scientists?
1: I'd be astounded if they weren't, because uh, U.S. concerns on regarding the PLA are at least as serious as ours, and probably more so. Uh, they have more data than we do. They will have been tracking these issues. Of course, biology now, as we know from COVID-19, issues about lab leaks, et cetera, biology, Issues are very much intelligence issues as well and are closely followed, um, both in terms of finding out what other countries have done and what what they're doing, also protecting our own research in this country. So uh, intelligence and biology intelligence and and academic research work uh, are intertwined.
0: So, would the United States or or other allies would they uh, would they be concerned if this information that is wanted is released?
1: I think yes. Of course, I'm supposing and presuming that there is excuse me information from a U.S. source. I don't know that for a fact. People who know that are the people who've seen the documents. But I think it would be me, quite probable that this is the case. And uh, if it were to be released, yes, they would be concerned, depending what's in there. But when a country shares highly classified information, uh, they are concerned about, number one, that it not getting into the public domain, partly because it can reveal methods and sources. Sometimes intelligence can have details as to how it's obtained um, and uh, how it was obtained, from whom. That sort of thing must be kept secret. So there has to be, I, I'm a believer in negotiation, there ought to be a negotiated settlement here whereby the information can be guaranteed to be protected and yet can be viewed in some fashion by government. Now the government says, by, by the parties, political parties. Government says, well, use the informa- or the um, uh, Intelligence and Security Committee of Parliament where everyone there has been vetted and, uh, and swears not to release material. The path of the motion passed by the three parties Conservatives, as NDP and, and bloc would rather have it released to parliament through the speaker presumably and then it would be distributed and viewed by parliament and there i guess you can either be concerned or not concerned will it get into the public domain of course media outlets, like yours have a legitimate need to know as well that has to be squared with the sensitivity of information and whether it will damage future collaboration with other countries but i i respect not just the right of parliament to know but also individuals and media outlets as well it's complicated
0: um what our allies uh we talked about their concern over these two scientists the fact that they could have given information to china or they're just their general contact uh with the lab in wuhan is it not worth it to all the allies to get to the bottom of this
1: absolutely and of course are they doing that behind
0: closed doors and just don't want to reveal the secrecy of all of this? Or are you confident this is moving forward, I guess, is my question?
1: Well, I, I'm, confident, I'm confident there is collaboration amongst Western allies, the Five Eyes and other allies of the United States and Canada, to look at the biology issues related to COVID-19 and China. And this is a subset of that in sense. It didn't involve COVID, but it did involve how much sharing is appropriate with, um, with China and under, under what circumstances? But I'm not as confident that we're necessarily getting to the bottom of this. And I think there is, um, there is collaboration going on, but it's not easy. It's impossible, in fact, for an intelligence source. Extremely difficult for an intelligence source to, to interview people who work at the Wuhan lab, to interview, to even find and interview the PLA scientists who came to Winnipeg. So they will be doing the best they can, but with the information available to them. It's not a transparent place, China. And on a sensitive issue like this, you can be sure that the drawbridge has been drawn up.
0: Do we know where these two scientists are now, or anything about them?
1: I don't know. Someone may know. I have a sense they probably have left Canada and gone back to China. Uh, they were residents, long-term residents of, of Winnipeg, lived and worked there for many years, taught, worked at the university, and they also worked at the public health agency lab. But my guess is uh, is that they're now in China, and um, they may well have been advised, I'm speculating here, speculating they may well have advised by their embassy to leave um, for fear that they might be drawn into some some sort of a complex investigation, which wouldn't look good for China. But I don't, and I only speculate. The government of Canada has not said where they are. And I don't know. My guess would be China.
0: You're listening to the Scott Thompson show podcast on 900 CHML. Where is uh, this situation in regard to these two going? Um, is, is this, is the concern, will the concern continue or will this just go away?
1: I think it will probably, at the minimum, lead to changes in procedures. Uh, again, this is Ebola, and the scientist, one of the scientists who won the Governor General's award for did extraordinarily important work, I'm told, on, on Ebola. Uh, we know what that is, so that's, I mean, the ongoing security concerns are not so much about what was sent as the, how did this all come to be? Why was there such close collaboration, which would appear without clear consent and knowledge of senior people in the public health agency and the government of Canada. So I think the most likely outcome is not that um, uh, uh, proof that these viruses were transmitted, hopefully in a safe manner, to China, but rather that how did this happen? How do we prevent this happening again? How do you make sure that scientists who work there have our confidence and that they're not bringing other people in who don't have appropriate clearances or our confidence? So I think that the outcome will really be um, tighten procedures, make sure that this doesn't reoccur. I mean, you can't, otherwise it's like, somewhat like um, locking the door after the horse is bolted. I mean, there's, there's no real point to that. But we do need to understand what went wrong and why. Ideally, it would also be good to understand what were these PLA scientists doing there? Was it really research? Um, it's possible. Even the United States conducts medical research In the Department of Defense, some of which would be benign, some of which would be less benign. Um, But I think the real thing is, let's fix the problem so it doesn't happen again.
0: Wouldn't it be in everyone's best interest to, you know, maybe not have come clean, but have some sort of united front on this? Otherwise, this suspicion is going to continue.
1: I agree that as long as there are unanswered questions, suspicions will be out there. And that's where the political theater part of it comes in more than the simply Canadians in parliament united to get to the bottom of the story i i don't have a good answer i don't i'm not a parliamentarian i don't understand why it's unacceptable to view the the documents within the confines of the security and intelligence committee um but i (laughs) suspect that the reason for that is because they're sworn to secrecy and they can't reveal what they've then seen it doesn't really shed broader light for the public and media as to what happened. I suspect that's a fundamental problem. Um, But there must surely be a negotiated settlement that could be done where um, the parties agree that selected key members will view the documents and the parts which don't reveal foreign intelligence or don't reveal sources and methods, either by uh, foreign intelligence or by own intelligence agencies, that that would then be able to be released. So you could have a compromise solution, but compromise in Parliament doesn't seem something very easily done right now, personal mm. thing. Uh,
0: World Health Organization this week said that uh, it wants to go back in and investigate uh, uh, the origins of COVID-19. We remember there was an investigation done uh, a few months ago, but still lots of questions uh, left unanswered. Uh, Many have accused the World Health Organization in the past of favoring China too much. This seems to be a little different tone. China reacting negatively, saying, you know, there's nothing more uh, to see here. Well, will the World Health Organization? Organization get back in to do a second portion of this investigation?
1: I'm very skeptical. In the January investigation of, of in this year of the WHO delegation went to China. It did, it did some useful work, but it didn't have, in my opinion, the full access uh, that it would have wished to have had. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that China now will facilitate this. And the WHO, at the end of the day, depends on member states including China, are cooperating. China controls the visas. It it, um, can select and pick, I suppose, people who they don't want on the delegation, and they can determine where they go and who they speak to. So China holds most of the cards. But I'm still pleased that WHO has said that the lab origin ought to be investigated. From what I can read, again, a non-scientist, the probability still remains that it had an origin in the wild, um, it jumped the, the barriers to humans from wild animals, one or two um, removed from the original source, perhaps. And this seems to be the dominant theory. However, if you have a virus which has damaged the whole global economy and killed millions, it seems to me every conceivable possible source ought to be considered. And that would include the Wuhan lab. I don't think Anyone is seriously saying that this was deliberately released by China, but we need to make sure that it didn't come from that lab. Because if you don't, as with the case of the Winnipeg lab, if you don't know that, you don't know what needs to be changed, what procedures need to be improved. But China really doesn't want to own this. It doesn't want to wear responsibility for COVID. So right now they're putting out a lot of statements saying, well, investigate a a a laboratory in the United States, investigate um, a possible um, COVID source in Italy based on some tests done that were before the Wuhan outbreak. My answer would be, investigate every single possible origin, but you have to focus your resources on the most likely ones. But if you don't check them all, the WHO credibility in its final reports will not be what it should be. And you know, Health should not be about international politics and geostrategic rivalries. Uh, we'll never get to the bottom of this then, and it will help it will hinder us, in my opinion, from tackling other future outbreaks of other viruses, and that's just a matter of time, of course, when there's hmm. a COVID twenty or COVID twenty-two or twenty-three.
0: Uh, Gordon, I, I want to ask you because we witnessed the Tokyo uh, Olympics officially open today. Uh, Beijing is coming up. How can this, considering the conflict in the world, and whether it's COVID or the two Michaels or any, um, you know, any of these other issues that are going on around the world, with, with in regards to China, what is Beijing Olympics going to be like?
1: Well, there's a, there's a good question, and, it's, and and are we going? I think we will probably go. The um, United States has not indicated that it is not going. There's some in the U.S. government and political system and public have called for that. Um, when it came to the Moscow boycott, um, the U.S. led that charge because of the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. In this instance, of course, what goes around can come around as well. I'd love to think that sports could be isolated from politics, as I think, I wish science could be isolated from politics, but that's not the case. So I think that my my view is that we would have already heard pretty loudly from the U.S. government if it was the Biden administration's intention not to go, which to me indicates that they probably will go, barring some other striking development involving China before then. And if they go, I think it's very likely that the other Western countries in Canada will go as well.
0: So could this be a rebuilding process for this discussion, or is that being too optimistic and naive?
1: Well... I think there's just too many problems loose right now in u s china relations to to fix them. There's a senior number two in the state department um, uh, who will be she'll be going to um, to China next week to meet with her counterparts in the, in Tianjin um, I'm always happier when u s and China are talking. I worry I'm a former diplomat, and talking talk shops don't solve problems always, but it's the beginning. Um, what everyone thinks of China. And uh, it's going to be a major force for this century. And uh, We do not want to have military solutions to problems. We'd rather have, I'd rather see, diplomatic solutions to problems. Uh, and, and perhaps those talks between the U.S. and China will help in some regard. Breaking off all contacts, including sport, is probably not a good idea on balance. How do you match this showing disapproval of what China has done or is doing with the need to stay in contact with them, uh, these are—that's a very tough issue. But the United States still has delegations going back and forth with China. Not many, but they are, including at a high level. Uh, we are not—we're in a very inferior position in terms of not being able to maintain any high-level dialogue with China. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's—even if you're pounding on the table and shouting across the table—that's way better than just through a loudspeaker from a great distance.
0: Gordon Holden with us, director of the China Institute, professor of political science, University of Alberta, talking about uh, everything to do with China and the rest of the world relations. Gordon, thanks for your time and insight. Much appreciated. Have a great weekend.
1: Same to you, Scott. Thank you.
0: The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.